Hello people out there and welcome back to the Her Game 2 podcast. I am your host and moron with a microphone, Mark Watson, and I'm joined by Emily Drakeley and Helena Banks. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you doing, girls? Hello. How are you, Emily? We'll come to you first. The Drake, how's things? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, it's been a bit of a turbulent day for me, but uh, yeah, all in all, I'm all right. Yeah, how are you? Oh, you know, living the dream. I'm here with you two lovely people, so what more can I ask for? Helena, how are you doing tonight? All good, all good. It's been such a busy couple of weeks for us, I think. It's nice to finally stop and just relax. And you know what? As, <laughs> I mean, we are all Blues fans. As Blues fans, I know we've had the Her Game 2 birthday events the other day. Uh, yeah. We had the Player Awards uh, before that. You girls went, you, didn't you go to Wembley, the FA Cup final, Emily? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we went on... Um... We went on Sunday and Blues kindly donated those tickets to us as part of her game too. Um, so, yeah, we were really grateful for that opportunity. And we went and we were all a bit hungover. Um, <laughs> but it was a really good time. We really enjoyed ourselves. And the football was really good as well. So that makes everything even better. You might want to point out that was the day after the birthday thing. You're not just like yeah. raving alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> you were hungover yeah, no, from the, the birthday events. Um, yeah. So, Helena, you got given these by Blues. I mean, I'm a Blues fan. I assume, what, you just forgot my address, you lost my number, You just my invite got lost somewhere? Well, after Saturday, we didn't think that you would be up and ready to leave at <laughs> half eleven. <laughs> so I was thinking, a bit touch and go. Mm, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't danced that phrase. No, I, I genuinely emailed the band after. Um, and said thanks for making a 35-year-old man relive his youth. I, I loved it. I, thought, I had a brilliant time at the birthday. But we're here to talk about you two, not the Blues or the FA Cup final in particular. Um, her game too. You are, Emily, you are uh, an ambassador, I believe, and Helena, an advocate. Um, my first question has to be, as someone who isn't um, completely knowledgeable about the family tree of her game too, what is the difference between an ambassador and an advocate, Emily? I think the main difference is um, the, the ambassador really is the first person that's part of the, the campaign for the club. Um, and they're almost the, the key speaker. So they're the person that will um, directly converse with the club um, and any issues will eventually be um, relayed to the ambassador and then to the club. But an advocate is more someone that of a supporting role to the ambassador so um, if there's any trouble at the ground or they hear of anything or they have any ideas, then it's more like a forum to discuss together. And then the ambassador normally takes it to the club. But I like to think me and Helena, we do everything almost as a team. Mm. So although I'm the ambassador and she's the advocate, we do have very similar roles, really. Um, I like to think we've shaped it quite well and, and we're making quite quick progress together. So does it basically mean that when you get together and discuss these things, it's Helena that brings the biscuits and puts the kettle on? <laughs> well, what? we normally go to a, we'll go to have a, a Chinese tea instead. So uh, and, and buy uh, some notepads. So uh, yeah, yeah, we do things a bit differently. <laughs> so Emily, you've been on board how long now? I was one of from the, the start. You're one of the OG, the OG yeah. twelve, aren't you? I am, yeah, one of the OG 12. So Kaz approached me at the same time as she approached all the girls and asked if I wanted to be involved. And obviously it's something that I've experienced my whole life. Obviously I don't come from Birmingham, as everyone can tell by my accent. Um, I come from deep Cotswolds, as my dad always likes to uh, <laughs> take the mick out of me for saying. Um, and we didn't have anything like that. And I faced a lot of adversity growing up to do with football. Um, 
And as soon as she asked me, I said, yeah, let's do it. I was a bit worried to begin with, to be honest, because um, obviously you are about people's reactions. But mm-hmm. the more it went on, the more I got confident with it. And I'm really pleased with what we've achieved so far. What did your sign say that you held up? Can you remember? Oh, it's uh, something, uh, it, it's a man's game. You can't comment, it's a man's game, I think was it, it said. Was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, and Helena, how long have you been an advocate now? Oh, I've got to think now. I think it was February time. I'm looking at well, Emily quite now. Quite recent, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's it was, end of March. It was just after the announcement of Blues, I think about mm-hmm. end of March. Yeah, it was just after kind of we had that game at the Blues where it was all announced. Hmm. That's sort of how I got into it with Emily. So how, how did you get involved? Did you know Emily prior to this? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> we were talking her. about this earlier, actually, how I did get involved. Um, so, no, I didn't know her before. I'd kind of just seen her on social media. I'd seen that she's got involved with it, and I was really happy that someone from the Blues was doing it. But then I went to the um, announcement game and was so excited, had my little hair going too, really, mm. really excited, and it was just um, very deflating, I think. It was very okay. underwhelming, the okay. experience. So I kind of put a tweet out the next day and said, Something along the lines of, uh, I was really disappointed about last night. Though I don't, I, you wouldn't have even known that it was that that game. And then Emily got into contact with me, and then from there, I think it's just kind of gone strength to strength, really. Okay, so let's pick, let's pick that apart. What was disappointing about it, Helena? What 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 didn't stand out to you as the case, maybe? Um, I think it was just that it was very. So we got there early for whatever reason, that game. And we saw players wearing their shirts and I think they had their shirts on for probably about five, ten minutes. The shirts came off. And then I think that was it. There wasn't really anything at halftime. There wasn't anything around the ground. There wasn't any kind of mention of it further than that. And I thought to myself, if I would have just got here at my normal roll-in five minutes before the game, I don't think I would have even noticed that 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 was going on. Funny you mention that. I, I was at, at that same game. Um, I was in the corporate section, just on a, a jolly, basically, a corporate jolly. I was part of her game two at that time and didn't realise that was the her game two night. Um, I only realised when I opened the programme that was on the, the table in front of us and there it was, the the poster for it. Um, I, don't, I don't know what, what your feelings on were on the night, Em, but... It seemed like there wasn't much effort put in. I think it wasn't really for the want of trying. I think I do have to really take a lot of sympathy and thanks from the club. I think they're quite they're spread quite thinly, but I do have to say at the time I was I was actually gutted. Um, for me, the night was good because I got to go around to speak to all the corporate boxes and and explain about the campaign. But for me, I was targeting the wrong audience. It should have been the young girls, the women in the stands. Um, and although I was really pleased that they took, um, they put our campaign on the big board, um, I, I was hoping for a bit more social media presence. However, I, I do have to do think maybe going forward, I think we didn't rush it. Um, I, I did try, I did try really hard. Yeah, yeah um, no one's, no one's but, disputing that. Yeah, I think it's just, it was a bit complicated and obviously the club have a lot to do. Um, so I think we've discussed this with the club and we, we raised our concerns um, and they understand where we came from with that as well, which was really good. They were really receptive of that. 
Um, so going forward, we're definitely going to be doing another day, but we're going to be doing months and months of planning beforehand, Helena mm. and I, and hopefully the club will get a bit more on board next time. But it was disappointing, but it's food for thought and see where we can go next. I, I'll tell you what, the, the club the, the club corporate staff are great. They don't always get things right, but they acknowledge where they haven't got things right. Uh, and it... it it fills me with joy that they acknowledge that that her game two night didn't go perfectly. Um, but like, like you say, I, I don't think there's any sort of lack of care from the Blues. Um, I think there's just a lot of plates in the air at the moment at, at our football club um, yeah. regarding ownership and stuff we won't go into because this isn't a Blues podcast. Um, <laughs> but you kind of... If you knew how our club was being run currently, you'd understand why things may have got left by yeah. the wayside but you're going to plan something else have you got any any specific game in mind is it going to be a women's game or a, a men's seniors you know we've got a lot planned I think we're definitely going to speak we've got something in the pipeline which I'll let Helena talk about for the women's side um, but for the men's we're looking towards the um, end of January to be okay. the dedicated uh, game two fixture but yeah Helena I'll let you explain about the women's well there you oh, go so Helena Oh, here we go. So we were, well, Emily was contacted by, um, obviously, Darren Carter, mm. who, who spent so much time talking to us at the at the Players Awards, which was just amazing. Mm, like, he was just, does. yeah, he could not have been nice. And he was talking to us about our personal experiences. And he said that he fed back to the girls about her game too. And the feedback was amazing. And he's invited us to spend the day at the training ground with the women's team and with him, like himself, kind of, speaking to the women about it, getting to know them, getting their perspectives on the whole campaign, which is just unbelievable. Real mm. good support from them. Oh, awesome. When, when are you doing that? Do you know? I suppose you, you just, can't know until the fixtures are released. Yeah, we're just trying to, obviously with our jobs and stuff, we're just trying to put a date mm. in place, but we're hoping it won't be too long because it is something we're really excited about doing, obviously on a personal level as well. Yeah, definitely. As definitely, definitely. Um, so you, you say you spoke to to Darren Carter about your your experiences what sort of experiences are we talking about Helena anything that sort of sticks out in your mind that that brought you to this campaign I think it's just been a big collation of things mm. over the years I don't think I've ever I've, I've listened to so many different people and I was always very girly as a child I was completely the opposite I wasn't a tomboy I was very girly when I was mm. younger and I got into football with my dad. It was probably about 10, started going to the booze. And nobody expected it. So it was very much like, what, what do you mean you like football? What, what, you really? Just because I, you know, I was quite a girl, a girl's girl. And it was just always like, again, it's that whole invalidation of your opinion throughout from when I was younger, even to, to now. When you try and have a conversation with somebody, they're just, you know, they're not interested in what you have to say. So I used to work at um, my local pub and everybody, majority of people knew that I was a season ticket holder, knew that I'd go to the blues and we'd have customers come up to the bar and talk to, if I was with five other members of staff and two of them were a male, they would talk to them for hours about the football, they'd chat and chat. Mm. And they would, what I remember one vividly saying, telling me, I was saying, oh, Helena goes, she goes every week. And they was like, oh, right, okay. And then just walked off. Yeah, and I was kind of stood there thinking, I don't understand why you then can't have that conversation with me. Mm. I tell you, it's interesting when you tell that story that you start off by saying I wasn't a tomboy; I was a girly girl. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's almost like it's it's even in your own mind, it's natural that you're a girl, therefore you shouldn't like football. Um, yeah. Like it's almost subconscious that that's how you chose to frame that story. Um, it's interesting and it, it's sad, really. Like you can't yeah, be a, a girly girl and like football as you've proven. Um, so how, how about you, the Drake? Anything in particular that made you think this movement is needed? Yeah, I think it's been sort of apparent for me throughout my whole life of liking football, really. I, I've always liked football. I didn't when I was really little. But my mum sent me a photo yesterday of me in an England shirt in 2004, which sort of sparked a few memories that I, I obviously couldn't remember. First time I liked football was 2006, I remember vividly. Mm. Um, and then I, I didn't really get involved with it much more after that. And then when I got to 13, it was uh, the World Cup always sort of captured me. And I got mm. to 13, and it was the 2010 World Cup, so you can work out my age by now. And um, I was just absolutely hooked. I remember going to school and talking about football, and none of my mates liked football. There was only two other girls in, my, I think, my whole school that really liked football. And luckily, they were in my year, so I could speak to them a bit about it. But one that was a Spurs fan, one was a Chelsea fan. Um, and I sort of was a bit of a floater. I didn't really have a, have a team. You know, I didn't really get taken anywhere. Um, I got a bit older, and my dad wouldn't really take me to football games because he supports Bristol City. And at the time, it was a bit more of a hostile environment. Mm. Um, he managed to get tickets for his work to the corporate part of, of Bristol City, where I went twice. I loved it but I, I did feel like I didn't belong. And then I wanted to play football for my school um, and we had a trip to go to Valencia. Oh, wow. And um, it was it was so cool. Me and my mate we were so excited and we applied and they turned us down because we were girls. No way. So, so yeah. backtrack on that. It was a football trip, was it? Yeah. So basically what it was is um, you could apply to go there um, you stay in the hotel right by the Valencia FC training ground. You mm. could train at the training ground. You'd go to a Valencia fixture. You'd play in matches. Um, and you'd get to be trained by Valencia's coaches. No yeah, and it was it was so such a cool idea. And me and my mate, we absolutely jumped on it because we were so mad on football. Um, and then we had a response back from, from Valencia and my school saying, you can't go because because we can't take girls with us. From Valencia um, as well? Yeah, from both both parties. So I remember quite vividly, I was so upset and my Damn. dad was not having any of it. Um, so he wrote a letter to my head teacher and to Valencia um, to basically argue that they were sexist um, if yeah. they didn't let us go and our gender shouldn't stop us from being able to play. Even if they couldn't field a team for us out there, we could still have all the other experiences. Mm -hmm. Their argument was um, that the girls can't play out there, but we could have had all the all the other experiences. Um, and they said yes. No, no way. So you went. Oh, so I went. Yeah, and I went and I trained. Um, I can't play football for anything, but I love it. Um, so uh, my hand-eye coordination is not very good. I can't run <laughs> on sports, but I but I didn't care. You Are know, you sure was... they weren't just saying you can't go because you're crap? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but my mate Jade, she wasn't bad, so you know, um, maybe it was just me. But no, she, so we went, and I remember speaking to the coach in Spanish, and none of the other 
people with really sort of understanding what he was saying so I would mm. translate for them and no way it was the best experience of my life we went to the Mestaya it's like that the stadium yeah. it, it's so steep I thought I was gonna fall down and honestly it was 10 years ago now but I treasure wow. those memories so much and that really sort of kick-started my love of wanting to be in football and changing football for the better and then it's all my life sort of carried on and I had other things go on like that and then I went to university and studied football business and media and they were really good and they were really open with the fact that I was a girl but it showed that there were limited numbers of girls in the sport because there was only five girls in my class um, mm. throughout the whole time I was at uni and there were other girls in other classes but in my business and media classes only five of us um, and and yeah, go, going forward, applying for jobs since leaving university of my degree, I, I haven't been madly successful. Whether that's because I'm a girl or not, I, I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's been that, that was the main core memory um, that that sticks with me really. I mean, you managed to find your way onto the Her Game Two podcast, so oh yeah, so I'd say something. you've been slightly successful. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you think if they hadn't allowed you to go that would potentially have been the end of your love affair with football I think it would have really tarnished it Mm. I think it would have made me feel like I was worthless because I remember getting the letter back actually and and being told by my PE teacher and going home that night and I was absolutely crushed Mm. it was it was like a massive dream of mine and a massive ambition to say that I, I could have done that and you know I, I just couldn't comprehend why boys could get these opportunities and girls couldn't and to be fair to my school they were really good after that I I'd gone and trained at Tottenham when I was the only girl a year before um, and then since that I trained at West Brom twice so it wasn't like my school were bad um, mm. they were actually really supportive going forward but yeah I, I just it sort of brings it all back like thinking about it just if I, if I hadn't been able to go I think I just I wouldn't have wanted to go to uni and study football business and media if it wasn't for my dad really mm. um I wouldn't have wanted to carry on because I think it's really important that men and women back the movement and back women in sport because yeah. if it wasn't for like my dad I wouldn't be here now and mm. you know my dad's a great man but without that and you know all my other family backing me not everyone has that so if someone had gone through the experience like I had and they had been turned down for going on that trip and they didn't have someone like my dad behind them, then we're going to lose so many women in, in sport very quickly because of the lack of backing. So I think it would have put me off, if I'm completely honest, not of going to football and loving the game, but of pursuing a, 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 a on-the-side career, so to mm. speak. That it would have. And certainly, I, I imagine it would stop you being so vocal in your support if you feel like you're just going to be shot down I mean that's how I would yeah. feel anyway um it's interesting that you mentioned school I've spoke about schools on on these podcasts everyone now it seems to be school is the main gatekeeping blockade to football um Helena I think you're the, the youngest of the three of us um you're only slightly younger than me um <laughs> Did you have a girls' football team at your school? No, nothing like that. No. The... I think I was telling Emily the other day, so I vividly remember we had to do um, a PE 
like as well as doing practical we had to do like a written thing mm. as part of getting a GCSE I didn't choose it as an option but we were all forced to do it and we were doing like a booklet about football and my PE teacher who was a woman put uh put the question out there can anybody explain the offside rule so I put my hand up and she went no Helena put your hand down you're a girl you don't no know what that way. is put your hand down let someone else choose yeah and I remember going yeah. home to my dad and being like what like, but at the time when you when it happens, you think, oh, that's a bit, you know. But then when you look back on it as an adult and being aware of so many others with that experience, you do think, wow, like, how is that allowed to happen? How is a, a young girl allowed to feel like that? And that comment that's, be made. That's from a teacher as well. Like, I mean, yeah. as, as someone who works in education yourself, that's got to be pretty... Oh, I would never dream of doing anything like that. That's, like, because uh... you just crush, you just crush a child there instantly. Yeah. Like you just make them feel like completely strange, completely abnormal for even knowing that because that's not what girls are supposed to know. That's not what girls are supposed to do. Like you're just reinforcing that stereotype completely. Bloody hell! And to get and it's not that's shocking from a teacher. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've tried explaining the offside rule. It's quite hard to explain <laughs> as well. <laughs> It's odd that that's always used as the example when I'm not convinced that I yeah. can explain it all that easily either. I know, I don't. I think there's quite a few men out there that probably couldn't explain the offside Yeah. I'm, so I don't I'm, know why that's always the I'm point that sure. is, is brought up. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, it, it, it's low-hanging fruit, isn't it? And it, it brings mm-hmm. us on to sort of... You, you read it online a lot. Um, but it, it seems like from, from speaking to um, the girls from Her Game 2, yourselves, Kaz, etc., one of the main things you seem to get is quizzed. Quizzed? That's not a word. I keep making words up on these podcasts. That is definitely not a word. <laughs> quizzed was probably the word I was looking for. <laughs> Once you say you like football, it's, I mean, Kaz, I think it was Eve was told to name all the stands at Bristol City and Kaz was told to name the England squad. And you just think, you wouldn't ask that of a bloke, but they ask you ask it to girls and, and can you, do you know the offside rule? It just seems... I mean, what, what, how do you answer people like that, Emily? I think it's really hard, but I think going forward, it's really an education piece. You're always going to get people that are negative, and, you know, I've experienced it, people that don't think it's an issue, people that question your, your knowledge. Um, but I think it's just, for me, now I've sort of taken the standpoint of, okay, if, if you don't believe me, then that's your problem. Mm. Because I can tell you, so much about Birmingham City that your ears would bleed. So... And they have in the past. <laughs> yeah, Shutting exactly. you up is the hard bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing, you know. Once I start talking, I don't stop, and that is a problem of mine. Oh, no. but, God, you're you know, boring. It is what it is. I oh, know, I oh, know, tell me about it. But <laughs> you can get men that, that like football that also feel a bit intimidated to when they're asked questions. They're not asked questions as much, but they are asked questions like that as well. But they don't get the intimidation factor as much as women do. It's very much a case of um, men are asking that because they want to make you feel intimidated. They want to make you feel like belittled because why should you know that? What business of it, is it of yours mm. to know all these things about football? Well, you know, actually, in in the 1920s, women were playing football, you know. And it got banned in the 60s of playing, I think it's 60s, women weren't allowed to play on professional pitches anymore, but that was rescinded, you know, 
women are allowed to do this as well just because it's not as widely spoken about doesn't mean it doesn't happen and just mm. because women don't play football doesn't mean they actually don't like watching it and just because they don't set, shout about it all the time doesn't mean they don't know what they're on about yeah. and i think that's the biggest thing is it is that people yeah. assume because you're a woman you don't actually know what you're on about well try me yeah well and and i have um but behind the scenes info um Emily and I used to do a podcast together uh, and you've been on my podcast Fat Lads numerous times and there's times where I've asked you a question and 10 minutes later I'm looking at my watch going she's going to finish this in a minute because I've got other stuff. <laughs> and I've just sat there thinking okay I didn't realize we invited a Sky Sports pundit on but here we go and some of some of the the, the stuff you come out with I just think you know I, I made notes on that game and I didn't realize that and like, I was focused solely on that game and yeah it's um like you say, if anyone wants to dare try and quiz you girls, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> with the quizzing, that's something that fills me with such dread. Even now, even though I've been going 10 years, even though I watch Birmingham City week in, week out, England, whatever it is, it fills me with absolute dread when I get asked a question like that because I think if I say something stupid or controversial or whatever, the first response is going to be, oh, woman, she ain't got no woman. idea what yeah. she's talking about. Like the other day, somebody asked, just normal general chat, asked Deck what his dream lineup would be for England. And then they were like, oh, Helena, what would you go with? And it was the anxiety that I felt. Even though I could answer that question quite easily, I felt so worried. I was writing it down. I was stressing yeah. about it. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is ridiculous. And that's all because I'm so worried that someone will go, what? That's so stupid. What are you talking about? That's just because you're a woman. See, women don't know anything. Because that will be the response. That will be straight away the the comment that's yeah. made. Which obviously, it's not it's not okay at all. That is so genuinely like heartbreaking to hear. The fact that a, a simple question would send you into some sort of anxiety spiral <laughs> yeah. just because of fear of the backlash. I mean, the the podcast I used to do with, with Drakeley, um, I'd get asked weekly, "What's your lineup for this week?" I ain't got a clue. No idea. My my memory is shocking. When I when I do various podcasts and people say, "Remember, remember that? Remember when he scored?" And no, I don't. I couldn't tell you what I have for breakfast this morning. I ain't got a clue. But the difference is because I'm male, people just go, "Oh, your memory's crap." Whereas yeah. for you, it's uh, it's because you got boobs. Yeah, um, that's it. If we don't remember every single detail of every single thing that's ever happened, it's because we're women, not because we just got memories like a sieve. It's because we're women. <laughs> So do you feel like there's, really sad. there's more pressure on you to be on top of your footballing game? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because there's a ready-made excuse that people can use, a ready-made comeback that that people will have. So it is... And you do... Sometimes I do sit there and I listen to other people's opinions and I think, how are you even getting away with that? Mm. How are you even getting away with either making something up or just talking absolute rubbish and nobody is saying anything nobody's calling you out about it no one's making a comment that's just because you're a man and mm. you're allowed to say that and and it's fine but if i think for me i think for me that the worst part about having an opinion is i've stopped doing this now posting it on social media yeah I think I used to be quite vocal about my opinions of football and um, and life, really, um, uh, and mental health and things like that. And I've just completely stopped because the backlash that you get in general is is horrific. 
so I've sort of I've sort of come off a bit now and I just felt really tweet about the campaign and positive stuff. But if I mm. were to put my opinion about a player, um, whether you know, I was young and I was a bit of an idiot and I'd say something that was a bit controversial, um, you know, and if people didn't dis- didn't agree with it, things get very toxic very quickly and not in a constructive way. And you don't always see men you never see a man get attacked on Twitter because they're a man. But as soon as a woman has an opinion online yeah. that they don't mm-hmm. like, it's because you should get back into the kitchen. Mm. So that, for me, is it's, it's a bit of a tender one. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, blokes will get piled on for the wrong footballing opinion. Um, but it very rarely comes down to their opin- appearance and their gender. Um, it's, mm. It seems like with with females, it very quickly descends into sexism essentially um comments yeah. on looks comments on i know kaz has had some horrific stuff about her body um i mean how 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 do you girls cope with like the sort of knowledge that if you step out of line your body image will be attacked i don't think you do i don't no. i just think you just kind of put that to back in mind you just think if that was to ever happen i mean i've not experienced that social media I haven't really had a social media following probably until now, which has mm. put me a bit more of on high alert and the things that I tweet now mm. and thinking, oh, I don't want to put that out there just in case. But I, w- I don't know how how I would feel doing that. I don't know if, if that would be me completely shut down, step away from it all because I don't know if I would cope with it, to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I suppose with with the social media, there's no escape. Is that you can't just walk out yeah. of that pub. You can't just walk down the street, and it it's there. Would Would you say social media? You get more um, offensive stuff online than in person, Drake. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's only the last season I've stopped looking over my shoulder going to games. No way. Um, yeah, I think it's because a lot of the fan base now know me. Obviously, mm. I'm I'm quite new accent, you know, mm. um, and and yeah, I think to begin with, it is really hard going to football be, being a girl, and then obviously you put your opinions online, and people don't like it, and people just don't agree with it, and then it gets nasty really quickly, uh, and then it, as a woman, I don't feel safe walking the streets at the best of times, you know, I'm always ringing my mum or my partner or my dad when I'm walking somewhere on my own because just in case something happens to me I've got my Apple Watch, I've got my phone I've got my AirPods, they're all tracking my location um, but that's that's the price of being a woman in 2022 um, and then going to a football game and, and seeing some things that people write online about you and then going there and seeing the people that wrote it and you know the emotions that you feel it, it makes me feel sick um, like really sick and I had it really bad and I haven't had anyone mention my appearance for a long time, and, and I I didn't lose weight because because of, of what other people said I lose weight, lost weight because of my cholesterol level. But I, I was always worried when I was bigger that um, people were going to mention my weight. Mm. Now I'm not as big; it's not so bad for me. I I, I didn't I don't think people are going to pick on my weight as much. And uh, typical, I bet someone's going to pick on my weight now after I've said this <laughs> on the podcast. Next time I put something on Twitter, people don't like. But um, I think that's 
it's really hard. Like people will always pick out on social media your biggest insecurities without even knowing it. People will pick up on my teeth the most. And I, because I've got quite a big upper like mouth area. I've Mandible. got like, horse teeth. Yeah. Horse I've teeth. I've got shuts quite horse, horsey teeth. <sighs> and I've been called that my whole life. Um, so when people say that on Twitter, that will really affect me. And I'll go into a... I haven't had this at Blues, but I, if I went into a stadium and someone had said that to me, I wouldn't open my mouth. That That's what it's like. Bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's sad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's sad. So do you think... Do you think that's unique to women? Or do you think men also have that worry of pylons and anxieties? I know for a fact they do. Yeah. I know apps for a fact they do, yeah. I know people close to me that have come off social media altogether because of the anxiety it caused them um, and how much their mental health has improved since coming off social media. I think it can be a really toxic place for both men and women. I think being mm. a woman, I think there's just the added extra safety value of being a woman and being a bit vulnerable. Um, but I would never say that it's a it's a it's a unique thing to women. Yeah. I just think it's a it's a different level or different type of feeling um, because we have the the added extra worries. Whereas if you're a man walking down the street, you're not as likely to get attacked. Mm. Um, but on social media, it's this is a horrible phrase, but it's fair game to to go at anyone mm. because a lot of people just hide behind profiles. It's um, social media. It's everyone's looking for a slam dunk, aren't they? They're looking for that yeah. one comment that ends it, and that's the winner. And, and unfortunately, quite often that is the lowest hanging fruit. Uh, and with with women, it's it, the sexism route is, is the easiest, I suppose. So the sexism on on social media, Helena. Do you think that is all genuine sexism, or do you think that is social media? causing people to pick the most offensive thing they can so with some of these comments you get these sexist comments do you think these people are sexist in real life or do you think they're trolls or do you think it's a mix do you know this is something i was thinking about recently after i know you mentioned it on your last podcast but after the whole period pad gate mm. with that with obviously the yeah I'll, I'll tell you what go into that explain that because there will be people <laughs> watching this that didn't watch that was just horrendous didn't watch the wasn't last. it that was Something we really pushed for and we were so excited about and we thought, we'll put this on social media. Obviously, it's not going to offend anyone. It's a period pad. Why would yeah. it? Of course it did offend someone. Just for, for context, you didn't just put a picture of a period pad onto social no. media. No, oh, no, no. no. <laughs> the Blues, the Birmingham machine. City, yeah, have put a, a tampon machine in the, the women's toilets. And he just did not stop. And I think that's when it made me realise, is this actually an opinion of his? I mean, he could come out after this and say, yes, it is. Mm. Or is it just like you say, picking the thing that he's getting all of this attention, he's getting all of these comments, and he's just picking and picking and coming out with the most outrageous stuff that doesn't really make any sense. Periods are woke. Yeah. It's yeah. a perfect example. <laughs> yeah. But kind of saying that stuff and then... The more people, the more he's saying it, the more infuriating it is, the more people are reacting, the more he's saying it. And mm. that's when you think, I don't know whether this is a genuine thought of yours or whether this genuinely is just social media making people feel like they have to go for people 
just to get that reaction, just to get that attention, just to be that talk about moment. Just to feel um, alive. Yeah. Mm. And it's so it's so awful that that's now what that's become, mm. that that's what social media is now used for. That guy, uh, the Blues announced the, the tampon machine in the, the girls' <laughs> toilets and he basically said, oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's daft. Oh, woke snowflakes, blah, blah, blah. To me, he is more of a problem than the people who write, get back in the kitchen, love. Because yeah. those that write, get back in the kitchen, love, make me a sandwich. Um, I, I would like to think, uh, I would hope that that is trolling and people just being dicks, essentially. Um, that guy who had a problem with a period, um, sorry, a tampon machine being put in the toilets, that's a real problem. That's someone who, to me, he genuinely had a problem with that. Yeah. And that is, that is a hard battle to win. Um, those that are sexist just go, you're a sexist dick, bugger off. The guy who genuinely thinks that a tampon machine in the women's toilets is an issue, he is a hard man to win over. Mm. I think the reaction from everybody else kind of got rid of that. Mm. Sort of, it, yeah. it was like amazing that so many people have got behind it and been like, you're being so stupid. Like, this, is a, this is an amazing thing. And I think I'd seen so many people who go with their daughters come in dads that take their daughters because that was me I used to go with my dad mm. for years and seeing them come in and saying how amazing that is that they know that they can take their daughter and they're going to have those facilities I think that completely outweighed one person's ridiculous comments absolutely and I think that for me that's how it felt and I think Emily as well I think it was yeah yeah, really absolutely. Like absolutely. a special moment for a different reason. Definitely. Well, talking talking of online trolls, um, we will skirt around this issue slightly. Astrid Wet, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not too sure. It could be Vet. It could. Be, it could actually. Chance is probably a made up name. Astrid Wet. <laughs> she put a video on of her recording an interview with someone outside a ground. I think it was Wembley actually. Uh, a guy walks past and and slaps her on the the rear end she put this up saying this is completely outrageous and disgusting uh i having spoke to you too earlier no you don't massively want to comment on that video in particular because police are involved and stuff um but what worries me and concerns me is the comments under that tweet of hers have you seen them emily i have i have i did screenshots from earlier did you um because i was prepared for the podcast okay. today doing your research um, like a so, pro yeah i am you know you know you know what i'm like <laughs> my phone to load um yeah so i i think looking through a lot of them were a lot of them at the top were football twitter so just stereotypical idiots sort of commenting like dms are open if you want to talk astrid whether that <laughs> that is yeah. you know uh, that could be someone being genuinely nice, but these days you always yeah. take things with a negative stance yeah. because of the way people are on social media. Um, someone put, I don't respect anything you do, but yeah, that's unacceptable. And someone commented, she isn't going to sleep with you, mate. Mm. Um, and I think the first comment, it, it, whether you agree with what she does or not, you know, I think he's saying that he doesn't agree with what she does um in her day-to-day -day life but he's saying no matter what her job is that's unacceptable um and then one person i really really thought this was a good one but okay let's turn it around what if it was a woman that did that to a man 
um, would that be assault? Be cool and move on. And that's him saying that people wouldn't see it as an assault, but it is. Do you, I don't do think, you think they really would? Matters. No, I, I would. I I would see. Oh, it as oh an assault. yeah, yeah. That's what you mean. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do other people think they would? No, I don't think other people think would think they do. No, that that was an assault. Yeah. I think people would think of it as a joke, but these days I'd be like, well, actually, no. You think of all the men that get touched up, or women that get touched up without consent. It's assault, no matter who it is. Yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Ashley Wett is a Chelsea fan uh, and an OnlyFans model, I suppose you'd call them. Um, she's got an OnlyFans site and she has shown some skin on the internet. Um for me, the most disgusting thing about it was the um, the assumption that because she does what she does to fund her life, therefore you're fair game, I can touch you. Yeah, that's uh, just not acceptable. No, I, I don't think anyone else... Or I'd, well, I don't know, but if, if the guy can do that, who knows what he can do it to. Um, but I, I doubt anyone else got slapped on the backside it was you are a plaything to me therefore i can do what i want that that's that was most disgusting to me and the amount of comments i don't know how many you saw helena but the amount of comments saying yeah well you're a this and you're a that and you deserve it and when you do this when you put your body out there this is what you expect what did you expect blah 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 i can't believe how many people women as well were saying essentially you deserve this helena i I don't know if I'm surprised, no. if I'm honest. I think it's that they're just wrong. Whether they, like you say, whether they agree with what she does or not, that's a completely different aspect. That's yeah. a completely different discussion. That's nothing to do with the fact that she, you know, that was, she didn't give consent to that. She didn't say that that was something that was acceptable. That person has taken it, that man has taken it upon himself to touch her. She doesn't, you know, that's just not, acceptable no matter what she does she's mm. still a human being she's still a woman she's still a person with rights yeah and that's that they shouldn't that shouldn't even be up for discussion obviously the other part discuss that but that incident is not a, is not a talking point it's not a discussion it's it's wrong really absolutely as i say there were a fair few women saying that so perhaps some some women have, have i don't know I mean, when when you were younger, did you accept that sexism was part of the footballing world and, and you are guests in that world? Um, maybe some women still hold those views. I don't know. We've we've had this discussion again about women. And yeah. sometimes, I'm going to be honest, sometimes <laughs> I find them worse than men. Right, okay. Yeah, um, I agree with that. In what way? And it, it not, not, for, not for, the obviously, the same reasons, but just like... Um, just they kind of look at you and, and the comments that they make and you think but you're a woman so mm. you would just expect you to support everything that a woman does whether they choose to like football or whatever they choose to do like some of the comments that I've had from from girls that friends acquaintances family members and and that sh- I think it shocks you I think it maybe it's worse because it shocks you so much like what what sort of comments so I, I think I've got two things on. that I will talk about. So one thing was, obviously, we had the Euros this summer. I went all out, like, mm. bucket hat, flag, face paint, the works, 
loved it. <laughs> and I remember I didn't I couldn't sit with my friends because I remember feeling so uncomfortable thinking, oh, they're all sat there in their lovely dresses, they look beautiful, mm. they're drinking their cocktails. I'm gonna go and sit somewhere else. And one of the girls that I know just kind of came up and was like, What are you doing? Like you're being really over the top. And I'm like, Well, what do you mean? She's like, Well, why are you dressed like that? Why are you screaming and shouting at the TV like that? And I'm thinking there are about, about 200 other blokes in here with the same bucket as me, with the same face paint, doing exactly the same thing. Mm. Like, I, I don't understand then why you're pe- like you're pointing me mm. being the one that's being over the top. Mm. Yeah. Because obviously that's not... Why are you not telling... Every other bloke X, y, in Z, there. Every, every other person that's doing exactly the same, probably worse than I am. Mm. But that's not an issue. Mm. And then I had the other one, this one's quite funny. So I I ran the line for for my boyfriend's football team once in like a friendly. Mm. And I took a picture after. I just took a little picture of me with the flag, loving it. And I had some like family members comment underneath me like, oh, do you even know what you're doing? Do you think you're a cheerleader? No way. Wow. And until I kind of laughed it off. And then when I got involved with Emily, I looked back on it and thought, that's not like that's really not okay. Yeah. And I remember pulling them up and then thinking, them saying, "Oh no, I didn't mean it like that." And it's like, but that's how it comes across, and that's how it makes people feel, and and it's not acceptable. Like it's just because maybe it's because of who I am. Because I'm like I've said before, I'm not. I'm you know I'm quite a girly girl. I know we've said like that that doesn't matter, mm. but I don't know whether it's because of that that I then get responded like that from other women thinking, "What are you doing? Like you don't fit in with that." their ideal of what a girl like in football would be like. Do you find the same, Em? I have, but I don't... I think it's more of a, um, a territorial thing. Oh, okay. So I think... Um, growing up, I was always one of the only girls that liked football. And when you go to a new place or... You know, you meet more girls that are into football. I think a couple of years ago, probably about five, six, seven years ago, there was almost this culture within girls in football of what are you doing here? Why mm. do you, you're not, you weren't here. You know, why, who are you? Why do you like football? Um, do you think they think you're your attention seeking? I think a lot of people think that girls that like football are attention seeking, but I think everyone that with a, with a hobby has to start somewhere. And I think it, it, if you are new to football and you're a woman, don't be ashamed to not know what you're on about because mm. everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. I think boys started a lot younger than us. A lot of them mm-hmm. came out of came out of the the crib and they went straight to football games. You know, they were taught growing up. They had football training every Saturday. Played football in school. I didn't even have a team. I had to start my own one at school. You know, and, and as women, we're almost late to the game because of of the way society is. That it's ingrained in us that it's wrong for us, but actually, it's probably quite right for us. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing for me is that of the whole, who are you? Why do you like football? I don't know you. You're not a football girl. Like, yeah, look at me. You don't think I like football, but actually when you get me talking, I definitely do. Do you think there are some women that do use football as a method of attention seeking? (laughs) That might be a controversial question. It's a really hard question to answer. That's why I asked it. <laughs> I think if you're looking at it from a from a positive standpoint, I want to be quite level-headed with this. Go for it. Is um, I think potentially to begin with, maybe 
but only because they want to learn more. I think a lot of people sort of shout out about football because they want to be part of a community, because they want to make new friends, because they want to feel a part of something, because they love the togetherness football brings. And yeah, maybe they are attention-seeking because they want to be part of that. And that's where I think it comes from. I think people, you know, you see a lot of girls and you see this on Twitter and I hate it and it makes me really angry. The girls tweet, where were you girls during the Euros? Mm. Well, maybe, you know what, during the Euros, they felt part of something. They felt part of a, of a country coming together and they don't maybe have a club or friends at a club that they can go along with. So now they have gone away because they've got no one to talk to. This is exactly what we spoke about when we had our meeting with the Blues, that there was so many girls that we knew, some of my best friends who absolutely loved the Euros, loved it, got into it, asked so many questions and had like a genuine interest. And then the season begins and like you say, they don't know where to go. They don't know, well, what team do I support? Well, my dad likes this team, my friends like this team, what do I do? And then th- then it stops. And that's where you need to get, like, especially with the World Cup and things coming this year, there are so many people that just get involved in it because it's a whole country thing. Mm-hmm. So use that to encourage other girls to feel comfortable that, yes, England's great, but so are all these other 92 clubs in the country and they're comfortable so, no. and they're accessible. Well, not as good as England. I did say that to you. I was like, don't expect the Blues to be anything on the level of excitement that England was. Yeah. But it's live football and, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere and, and that's... The Euros is a, is a great place. What well, was a great place to Fair start. Right. You've absolutely nailed that answer. The, the main re- reason I ask is it's interesting how when women first get into football, it's because they're attention-seeking. There's lots of men who aren't into football when they were younger and and come into it later in life. Never accused of attention-seeking, particularly in the Euros. I know people who do not care about football, but they always watch the Euros and the World Cup. They're never accused of attention-seeking. They may get the odd comments of, yeah, you don't really go, though, do you? You don't really care. But it's never attention-seeking. There's a guy who I work with who's a Villa fan, um, and he's impossible to talk to about football because he hasn't got a clue. He says he's a Villa fan <laughs> because he wants to be part of something and there are other Villa fans at work and he knows I'm a Blues fan and, and that's what it is. He wants to be part of that conversation. It's not a problem. He hasn't got a bloody clue what he's talking about because like you can tell straight away. You know when you try and talk to someone about football and all they come back with is banter like, yeah, but you can't even sell your stadium out. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, what did yeah, you think of last yeah. week's game? Yeah, what did you think of your game? I bet mm-hmm. you lost. No, I'm genuinely trying to talk to you about football, mate. And and that's how you know. This guy doesn't know. But no one accused him of attention-seeking because we're all sat around the staff room talking about football and this guy wants to join in and he's allowed Mm. to. That door is open for him. Whereas, as you say, for women, he's more like, no, it's just because you fancy the men. That's all. You're just trying to get attention from it. Um, I'd do much more exciting things if I was going to get attention. I wouldn't sit and watch the blues every week. (laughs) Say that again. It's it's a a weird double standard, Um, and let's hope it changes soon. So where where do we go with her game two? You say you got some stuff lined up with the Blues. Is there anything on a more sort of national level for the campaign you can talk about? I think um, I'm 
pushing for and I'm trying to have conversations with the girls and I think there's already some of this in the pipeline about creating education pieces for mm. clubs um, and us going into clubs and well grassroots as well I think is really important um, on what is sexism what classifies as sexism this is something that I'm really passionate about I do a lot of research in my spare time I've been looking at the Equality Act of 2010 and and all the um the, the characteristics and the groups that need to be protected and, and things like that so I think that's really important we need an education piece as a campaign to, to almost back up our our message because then we're physically saying to people look this is what's right and wrong these are it's black and white you know uh, uh, and if you follow this you'll, you'll be okay I think it's also about um, I think we should probably look at trying to get to get as many grassroots clubs involved and I know that Helena um, oh. is 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 going to be a big part of this um i'll let her explain that in <laughs> yeah a second. go for it but i think it is really all about education and raising more awareness and getting more women involved and getting them i know at blues we've got a lot of plans to get younger girls or well, girls in general more involved in the game from, from local areas from different backgrounds from um we want to try and make the club a more inclusive place in general and we're part of those talks so um yeah, I think that the future is positive. But yeah, Helena, I'll uh, hand over to you. I think there's kind of two things that you touched on there. The grassroots thing. So obviously my boyfriend plays for a Sunday league team. And a couple of them came along um, to the Her Game 2 one-year event. Just kind of like we were told we could invite some people. We still thought, oh, we like that football. We're coming along. And the reception that we've gotten from them has been incredible. Like they are your bug standard Sunday league typical blokes don't want to offend any of them <laughs> but the, the reception they have gotten to them that they have given us to the movement has just been amazing like they have said how important they think it is how amazing the event was how much it's opened their eyes to things all around and they've even kind of offered next season to put the badge like the, the her game 2 logo on their new kit oh awesome so it like it's such a small thing but like to see just your your average male kind of responding to it like that was was huge mm. i think it was just like this is really this really is such an important thing and it's affecting everybody and it's touching everybody all across gender age race everything which yeah, is great definitely, definitely. Well, a, a mate of mine um he's he's in the process of setting up um a series of girls teams for old wolves um, and I, again, he wasn't really involved until I started doing this and talking to him about it. And he came to the birthday party and he was talking to the uh, Her Game 2 Wolves rep. And they're in the process of setting up, I think it's like four or five teams for different girls' okay. age groups. Uh, oh. Which is especially important to mention on here because I'm guessing there will be some Birmingham fans watching this. And Old Wolves isn't a million miles away from Birmingham. If there's any girls interested uh, they're on Twitter. You you can find them. Search for Old Wolves and and, and sign up. Um, but I, I've said it on every episode, and I will say it till I'm blue in the face. It, the grassroots stuff is brilliant. The sexism stuff needs to end. We all know that. But people have this misconception that it's a viral video and nothing else. They don't mm. see what goes on aside from that. They don't see the talks in the yeah. schools. They don't see the grassroots football. They don't see the money raised from the merch. Um, and the raffle at that birthday, for example, going towards grassroots football. Um, it's fantastic. There's so. If I've got one criticism of you girls, it's that you don't promote that side enough because you don't brag about it enough. Um, 
I know that you get reports from the ground of sexism and they get dealt with. I know they get dealt with because I spoke to the people who deal with them, but you don't brag about it. Um, Kazi's answer to that was, why should we? And she's right. It's no one else's business but yours. But there is so much good that this campaign is doing, aside from just, here's a video of 12 girls holding a sign up that the people will throw back in your faces. Um, and I, I kind of wish you'd talk about it more. And that's why I bleat on about it every single flipping episode of this thing. And I'll continue to do so. So people can just skip through this bit if they're sick of hearing me say it for the fourth time in a row. <laughs> but there you go. There you go. Um, right, I think we've come to the end of our time. We're pretty much at an hour now. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, girls. Have we covered everything you two wanted to cover? Is there anything more you'd like to go into? I think the last thing that I'd like to say is go for it. when Emily was talking about the education side of it, mm. Um, I mentioned this, obviously, because I'm a teacher uh, in a primary school. I mentioned this to my head teacher just in passing about I was doing her game too. And he was so on board with it. And he was like, as soon as they have an education program set up, get in contact with Blue's community, pass on our details because they really want to be involved. And oh, I think brilliant. that's like, a, a, and I can imagine every school would be like that because there isn't, even now, there isn't that in school for girls. Yeah, there definitely. isn't that access for them and I think kind of getting from what they say and they've mentioned it again today like we next year that's something we really want to push so I think that's like a huge avenue for her going to obviously explore and would be amazing for all those those girls to know that it's okay from that very young age that they should also have that opportunity just like the boys do as well yeah definitely there's, there's a real enthusiasm it seems like those that actually take time to invest in this project get really mm. enthused by it and really um, take it on a full charge sort of thing um, and and like I say it's so much more than just a, a viral video and a logo it is a cool logo and it is a cool video but it's so much more than that so much more girls it's been an absolute pleasure Banksy the Drake love spending time with you love you both to bits thank you very very much for spending this hour with me um, and that's it for the Her Game 2 podcast episode 4, I think now. We're slowly kicking on. Uh, next week, or next time even, I've got Charlotte and Kirsty, I believe. Tottenham fan and a... She's going to kill me for forgetting this. Who does Charlotte support? Rochdale. Rochdale, of course it is. Of course it is. She's got, <laughs> she's got a, pod, a um, podcast, The Dale Way. I apologise for that, Charlotte. Yes, they're coming on. They do the Her Game 2 spaces. Um, and there we next... But yeah, thank you very much for watching and listening. Thank you very much, girls, for joining me. We'll see you next time. ta -ra.